I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host Jordan Ron on ESPN. ESPN ESPN.com Giants reporter and we're here with the draft breakdown episode. And it was a good draft for the New York Giants. It's hard to come away thinking any anything else. Right? They got Deontay Banks, pick 24, moved up one spot for that, cornerback from Maryland. The center, John Michael Schmitz, in the second round. And then traded up and got Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver from Tennessee, in the third round. Now, I'll explain, you know, what happened in the first round. Why did the Giants trade it up? Why Banks? Who else was in consideration? We'll get to that in a few minutes. But let's take a big picture overview to start. Mel Kuyper gave it an A minus. Three players in his top 45. And the reason why most people like it, right? Banks, Schmidt, and Hyatt, all were players that at times you saw in the first round of mock drafts. So you think, okay, these are three guys that were thought of highly that the Giants got in the first 73 picks. They picked their third pick actually ends up being 73. Instead of 89, they traded up. We'll get to that in a little bit, why that happened as well. But those three guys, cornerback, center, wide receiver, three huge positions of need, major needs for this team, right? So not only are they getting quality players, but they're getting them at positions of need. So there's not much for people to complain about at that point. You can nitpick and say, why did they trade up one spot to 24? Giants traded 25 to 24, right? They gave up a seventh-round pick, and they're second of their two fifth-round picks to move up one spot to get Deontay Banks. But the four wide receivers had just gone, right? Banks is their last top cornerback sitting on that board. There were teams apparently moving up or looking to move up to potentially draft banks, namely the Kansas City Chiefs. But first, let me set the, set the table. So the Giants are sitting there. They actually tried to trade up, I heard, to pick 20 with the Seattle Seahawks. So at that point, 19 picks in in the draft. Think about this for a second. Two cornerbacks are off the board, just two. You know, the top two who we almost expected to go in the top ten. Actually, the second one, Christian Gonzalez, fell to the Patriots in the middle of the first. I think it was like 15 they ended up Patriots. So, Banks is still there, player they love. Wink Martindale obviously loved him. You saw after the Giants made the pick, he's hugging everybody. Like, that was the guy he wanted. We'll get to why in a second. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory when you go look at it. But let's lay out this scenario of how everything went down. So right at that point, the four wide receivers are there and Banks is there. Now, the Giants wanted Banks over the wide receivers. That was their priority. They were all pretty much on the same line, is my understanding, but they liked Banks best and they wanted 
cornerback was a position they really wanted to address here, especially if it was that guy. 4'3", 42-inch vertical, good tape, right? So you have a good player who you also can envision developing into a true lockdown number one corner because he has that skill set. So they want Banks, so they look to trade up to 20 to the Seahawks. Seattle doesn't want to get out. They end up taking Jackson Smith the Jigba. They're looking at it. They say, wow, the top wide receiver's on the board for us. Let's go get him. That wide receiver in court, by the way, Jackson Smith and the Jigba, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf. Woo! We got some dogs there. It's going to be a pretty good offense with those three guys. So the Giants at that point are sitting there, okay, there's still three, three wide receivers they would feel comfortable with landing. We're talking about Zay Flowers, Quinton Johnson, and Jordan Addison. I should actually say them in the order of Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Quinton Johnson. Because I believe that was probably the order of how they would have taken. But the Giants like all three of these guys. Right? They did. They liked all three of those guys. They would have been fine coming away in the first round with any one of those three guys. But Deontay Banks is there. Okay? They still, you know, five picks ahead of them and four guys they really like. Then it goes Quentin Johnson to the Chargers, Flowers to the Ravens, Addison to the Vikings. So now the Giants are sitting there. They have one player left. And look, we've seen it before. It's happened to the Giants before. Remember when they wanted Devontae Smith? What happened? Eagles jumped them. Traded with the Cowboys, an interdivision rivalry. Traded with the Cowboys to get over them. So do you want the Giants to lose out on the cornerback that they desperately want? No, so they give a fifth and seventh round pick. I mean, it was almost like a, a sixth round pick anyway. That was, I believe it was at the end of the fifth round. It was a compensatory pick and a seventh. So just move up one spot because the reality is, in retrospect, you talk to people, Kansas City was trying to move up, right? They were looking to trade with Minnesota. Minnesota didn't want to get out. Addison wanted to, they wanted Addison. So then Jacksonville's up. That's ultimately the team the Giants traded with at 24. Kansas City is potentially looking up to go get Banks. The Giants at that point say, you know what? Let's make this move. Let's make sure we get this guy. So I have no problem with it whatsoever. One spot, giving up a, a five and a seven. They had a lot of picks. They had a lot of draft capital in the furthest draft. Give up the picks. Get your guy. Okay? So Joe Shane did. He moved up, and he got Deontay Banks, wide receiver from Maryland, and from pretty much everyone I spoke to. They liked him as a player. Thought his tape was pretty good. His physical ability is tremendous. I mean, how many guys run four three five, uh, jump forty two inches, and you know they have the size and strength to go with it. So that's a, a pretty good get for the Giants and a guy that I actually mocked to them and I picked. He was my most likely player to get drafted by the Giants at pick number twenty five. Now, granted, he was picked at pick twenty four. Oh, wishes cracked there. 
but doesn't really matter. And the reason was I heard they liked them a lot, right? And then, actually, if you want to go go down the list, you knew they liked uh, John Michael Schmidt. Heard he was their top center. You know, I knew they liked Jalen Hyatt. I actually didn't put him on my day two list. The only reason I didn't put him on my day two list is because I thought he was going to be gone early in the second round. Like at the beginning of the second round, before the Giants even picked. But instead, they're sitting there in the early third round saying, holy cow, this guy's still available. Because most people I talked to, actually, they thought he was pretty good. Now, go on Jalen Hyatt for a second. We'll get to John Michael Schmidt, second round pick in, in a moment. But Jalen Hyatt was another one they trade up for. So the Giants trade their third and fourth. Right, the Giants are picking 89th in the fourth round. They got to go up 16 picks, get to 73, get Jalen Hyatt. Now, literally about five minutes before they draft Jalen Hyatt, I text my buddy who's an executive with another team in the league, and I say to him, yo, why is Jalen Hyatt still available at this point? And the reason he wrote was toughness. Team's questions his toughness. Soft dude is what he wrote. So it's definitely something that teams thought was a little bit of a concern. He's skinny. Played, he said, at 175 last year. He's up now to 189. That's putting on 14 pounds of muscle. Wants to play in the 190 range. You know, the difference between him and Devonta Smith, after talking to more people, because Devonta Smith obviously also that super skinny frame, was that Devonta Smith made those tough contested catches, played stronger, where a lot of people did not see that from Jalen Hyatt. Now, his speed, just watch it on tape. I think, uh, first of all, as, as somebody, uh, it was Joe Shane actually said, you can feel the speed on tape. No, I don't know how you feel speed on tape, but he's saying you watch the tape and you could tell this dude could kick it into another gear that other guys just cannot do. So, yeah, he has to improve his route tree, but that speed is special. That ability to get open is special. Dude was the Bolitnikoff winner, right, for college football's best wide receiver. He can ball. And Joe Shane, I'm sure this had a, played a big part in it, was at that game when Tennessee played Alabama. And guess what he did in that game? Was it five touchdowns? Went bananas? And that was this really a coming out game for Jalen Hyatt. Like everyone knew he was fast. Knew this kid had some talent. But that was the game that sort of really put him on the map. And he had a great year. So the Giants now add him as a wide receiver. They have a think about their wide receiving core. I shouldn't say wide receiving receiving core. Harris Campbell, ton of speed there. Darren Waller, dynamic ability to get down the field. Now you add Jalen Hyatt. They re-signed Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton's best skill is his ability to get downfield. So the Giants, who were last in the NFL, dead last in the NFL. With 28, 28, think about how bad that is in, six, in 17 games. Pass receptions of over 20 or 20 plus yard receptions. So it's like one a game they had, which in the NFL is not good. Dead last. Now adds Jalen Hyatt, Darren Waller, and Paris Campbell. Three guys who can make big plays. So clearly that was a, a priority this offseason. 
add explosiveness to the offense. Make it so they can, they have the options. They have the, the weapons for Daniel Jones to be able to make more big plays. And Jalen Hyatt fits right into that. Right into that. Now, John Michael Schmidt, let's go there for a second. Center in the second round, 57. I think the Giants were ecstatic that he was there. So I heard he was their top-ranked center. Joe Tipman, who really, if you talk to people around the league, and I did beforehand, I asked a lot about the center position, people were really high on both those guys. Those were the top two centers, and then there was a gap. Now it was a deep center draft, but those two guys, consensus top two. Most people thought Schmidt was probably better. Obviously, the Jets thought Tipman was their number one center. Now we're going to be sitting here comparing them for the next decade because they're both sitting here in New York. The Jets had the opportunity to draft John Michael Schmidt and passed. Now, they're a little different in that I believe Tipman's a little more mobile, can move. Uh, John Michael Schmidt's strength is not speed. Somebody told me below average speed. That's what I've written down next to him. Uh, yeah, Tipman pulls, traps, second level. So, different kind of center. But, John Michael Schmitz, here's some of the notes I have. Tough to beat, strong, wrestler lever- leverage, uh, below average speed, like I said. Uh, comparable to a little lesser version of Creed Humphrey, who's the was an all-pro center second team, I believe, this year for the Chiefs that Creed Humphrey is a little more dynamic and powerful. But John Michael Schmidt, they liked him a lot. Giants had a pro day dinner with him the night before. Sent Bobby Johnson there. So now we we know going forward, we have two years of evidence now, the Giants are going to spend time with the guys that they want to draft before the draft. So we could take these clues, like who they spend time with. It doesn't necessarily have to be a top, a top 30 visit. But if you're going to get drafted by the Giants high, they're, they're going to have a dinner with you, somebody in the organization at some point. And then somebody mentioned they liked John Michael Schmidt's 21 tape even better than his 22 tape. Was a, a five-year player, I believe. Maybe he was even at Minnesota for six years, one of these uh, COVID, extra COVID year guys. So, But you're getting the top center at pick 57. You're getting who was considered near the top of that second tier of wide receivers at pick 73. And then you got Deontay Banks, who a lot of people thought highly of in the first round. At that point for the Giants, you're like, they killed the first two days of the draft. And I would agree. I don't I don't see how you can argue that. Unless you, you said beforehand you didn't like any of these guys. But it, it's hard for me to imagine that. And then... So they don't have a round four pick. Round five, and I mentioned this beforehand, the Giants were likely, they did a ton of work in that mid-round running back range. Now what they did, so they get rid of the four. They know it's a pretty deep running back class. Like you can get good options in the middle round. That there probably was going to be somebody pretty good there. They take Eric Gray, the running back from Oklahoma, a one-cut guy, big play guy. Uh, catches the ball pretty well out of the backfield. The Tennessee transfer, so actually played with Jalen Hyatt for a little bit. And then we all know there's a lot of uncertainty with Saquon Barkley. What's his future? He play on the franchise tag. Do they sign him to a long-term deal? Is he not here next year? So adding running back depth 
I believe was a priority for the Giants. And Eric Gray was a guy they had rated highly. So there was the top two guys. You have uh, B. John Robinson from Texas. You have Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. And there was the, there, the smoke that was there about Jameer Gibbs was true. The Giants were pretty high on Jameer Gibbs. Now, uh, would they have pulled the trigger on him in the first round? Like it would, Everything would have had to fall. Been a, a perfect confluence of events, right? All the guys we mentioned before probably would have had to be off the board. All the wide receivers and the running back. I mean, all the wide receivers and banks. And then you're sitting there and the running back standing out on your board. But didn't happen. He goes 12 to the Lions. What are the Lions doing? Talk about investing in top position. And this is what, yeah, this is another thing with Joe Shane, okay? So the Lions are drafting a running back 12th. The Falcons, by the way, are drafting a running back 8th. We saw it. The Giants, they paid for drafting a running back 2nd, right? Potentially get injured. You're not getting value because you're, you're paying those guys now basically top of the market, close to top of the market money. Then you look at what Joe Shane has done. This is why I look at it and I say, all right, I get it. What he's doing makes sense. Like, you're going to miss some players. Everyone's going to miss some players. The whole league misses on players. Nobody's really good at the draft if you think about it. I mean, think, what's the success rate on draft picks? Nobody's good at the draft. Okay? But your process matters. That's why the Eagles and Howie Roseman get a ton of credit. Their process makes sense. It's smart. Joe Shane's process makes sense. It's smart. Think about it now. Two years of drafts. Here's his top 100 picks, eight picks in the top 100. Cornerback, offensive line, wide receiver, you know, edge rusher, tackle, offensive tackle, wide receiver, offensive line, cornerback. You can see those are priority positions, not inside linebacker, not uh, running back. Not even tight end, by the way. And I know they gave up uh, a third-round pick for a tight end, but yeah, that's a proven tight end already. And it was a late third, by the way. It's compensatory. But you get the point. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. He's taking guys at premium positions early in the draft, which is what you should do, which makes sense 
unless you just need one piece here or there. And the Giants did not need one piece here or there. They needed a ton. They needed a lot, right? Going into last year, they needed an offensive tackle, guards, uh, edge rusher, linebackers, cornerbacks. I mean, premium, premium positions where Dave Gettleman left them bare. Round out the draft, the Giants took Trey Hawkins, cornerback from Old Dominion in round six. Uh, Size, speed guy. Uh, Traits are all there. We'll see maybe a little bit more of a developmental player. They say he has skills that can translate to special teams as well. Uh, That size and speed plays physical. Jordan Riley, uh, defensive tackle from Oregon, round seven, pick 243. He was barely on most people's boards. Straight, big, run suffer, nose tackle kind of guy. Priority for the Giants to add depth to the defensive line. This is a wink pick. Had it written all over it. You're talking about a 6'5", 325-pound nose tackle run suffer. Just help us stop the run. That's where Jordan Riley is. And then their final pick, the Giants, round 7, 254 overall. Gervarius Owens, the safety from Houston. Uh, another guy, he was a team captain, physical, big, has speed. A guy the Giants think can translate to special teams early. Uh, maybe contribute in other ways down the road. Now, the one UDFA undrafted free agent afterwards that really stuck out, wide receiver Bryce Ford Wheaton from West Virginia. Okay, 6'4", 211 pounds, ran a 4.38 at the combine. You almost wonder at that point, holy cow, how is this guy still available? His tape wasn't great from the people I talked to. Uh, that's why he dropped, didn't play especially strong, uh, the speed didn't always show up on the field in regards to separation. But, hey, as an undrafted free agent, that's something for the Giants to work with, with the uh, extended practice squads. That's a guy you maybe throw on there and give a year or two and see you know, what you can get out of. Why not? So, overall, I think a pretty good draft for the Giants. I don't know how you look at it and you say, you know, oh, what are they doing? Like, this is terrible. They overdrafted these guys. Well, if we go by the experts out there, and you can pretty much find anybody you want and use anybody you want, I don't think there's anybody out there that had any of those three guys that the New York Giants drafted out of the first three rounds. Right? And we're talking about, you know, draft Knicks. We're talking about the Mel Kuypers, the Todd McShays of the world. You're talking about Former uh, executives, you know, I I didn't see any of them down on any of these three guys at all. And then I talked to people in the league, and I didn't hear anybody tell me that either of those three guys were not, you know, top three round picks. Not at all. Now, I did have people tell me they wouldn't take John Michael Schmitz in the first round, that it's not a premium position center in particular. But some people believe that, you know, that they think, they don't need that center. It's not that important. They feel like they just put a guy there and get by. But still, you're talking about a guy that most had as their top center. If he didn't, he was number two. And everybody liked him as a prospect. So, three guys in the top 73 that pretty much everybody had in the top two rounds. I mean, the Giants had Jalen Hyde in the second round. 
So that's why, obviously, they go up and they make that trade. They say, we need to get this guy. He's sitting on the board. They got another 16 picks left. All right, we'll give up a fourth-round pick. We got to get this guy. It's at a huge position of need as well. So, you know, when they make that pick, Brian Dable and the offensive guys are super excited because that's something for them to work with. They want to hit those big plays. And I've actually said this before, and I know I mentioned before they did not make a lot of big plays, and uh, it was part of what Brian Dable and Mike Kafka of not having Daniel Jones make mistakes, but he didn't throw the ball down the field a lot last year, Daniel Jones. I happen to think that's one of his best traits is his deep ball. He's got a big arm. He's a big dude. He could throw the ball, and he could throw it downfield. I happen to think he has a big arm, and he's pretty accurate on the downfield throws, and that's one of his best skills. His rookie year, that was his best, the best thing that he did. Remember, he threw 24 touchdown passes, which was two off the rookie record at the time. So I'm inter- interested to see how much they now throw the ball down the field with Daniel Jones, considering they have guys that can get down the field a little bit more consistently and get open. So is it a philosophical thing? Hey, this is how we get the best out of Daniel Jones by not throwing deep. Or was that in large part because he didn't have the guys to throw it deep to? Well, that excuse doesn't isn't there anymore. And I used it. Trust me, I didn't think the Giants had the guys to get open consistently downfield. I didn't think they had the guys to protect up front enough to throw the ball consistently downfield. And that was the main reason. But we're going to see. Because the offensive line in the interior, hopefully you're hoping you drafted Schmitz. Maybe in the rookie year it doesn't work out that way. Takes his lumps. But the offensive line should be improved. You're hoping for a improvement from Evan Neal in year two. We know what they have in Andrew Thomas. And here's why. I like the idea of drafting a center. There was a lot of talk about moving uh, Ben Bredesen over to center, getting him snacks at center, uh, or uh, moving Jack Anderson or Shane Lemieux. But I think now you get t- uh, Michael Schmitz. You get John Michael Schmitz. He's going to play center. He's likely going to start at center. You now get to keep Bredesen at guard. I happen to think that Ben Bredesen, the last two years, has been the Giants' best guard. So you get to keep him at guard, play Schmitz at center. To me, that's an improvement at two positions, basically, than what they were prior to the draft. Now, yeah, Zudu and Glowinski, they'll compete for jobs too. But I think Bredesen is actually was better than both of them. He should start at one spot. Then you have a Zudu and Bredesen basically compete for the other spot. Now, you'll need one of those guys. Either Glowinski actually is a serviceable starter. Or you have... Zudu make a big jump, but you need one of those guys to play better and give better than Glinsky gave last year at guard. And you have Brett Bredesen with Schmitz in the middle. I think it makes everybody better. So I did like that. That's a little extra uh, incentive for me on liking the second-round pick of John Michael Schmidt, the center. But overall, I thought it was a good draft for the Giants. Phil needs... Got well-regarded talent. You could see, I mean, look, Banks ran a 4, 3, 5, 40. Jumps 42 inches and has good tape. John Michael Schmitz has good tape. Jalen Hyatt has good tape. Dude scored five touchdowns against Alabama and was the best receiver in college football and runs a sub-4, 440. 
At least that's what Joe Shane says. He ran a 4-4 at the Combine. I guess he ran a little less than 4-4 at his pro day. If he ran it, I actually should look that up. But anyway, he's a, he's a burner. You can go watch him. Go watch him run past the Alabama cornerback. And everyone in Alabama team, by the way, is drafted in the first round. We know how that works. I mean, drafted in the draft, not necessarily the first round. But they all get selected. So those are NFL guys. He's just running past like they're standing still. Even when they're giving him cushion, that's the amazing part of that game. Go watch that game. They're not even playing on him or trying to hit him at the line, which maybe is the problem. And he's running right past guys who are, are off and giving him seven-yard cushion. Just right by them. Dude has top-level speed. Hopefully the Giants find a way to use that. I wonder if maybe they could find a way to use that speed, too, in, uh, as a returner, as a punt returner. The Giants haven't had a punt returner in forever. I wouldn't mind having a third-round rookie. I know sometimes we saw with the Dory Jackson, you can't put your better players out there. But I, you know, he's a third-round rookie this year. I wouldn't mind seeing him get a shot at punt return. But good draft overall. Good draft for Joe Shane. Team's getting better. I think they've closed the gap a little bit on the Cowboys. A little bit. Still think the Cowboys have a better roster. I actually think Washington has maybe a better roster than both of them. Except for the quarterback. Which is huge. And that downgrades you big time. So ultimately they have the worst roster in the division. Because... Their quarterback Sam Howell right now. And until he proves otherwise, their quarterback is Sam Howell. On to the next one. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's wrap up with a little quick Jordan on the beat. This is where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants, uh, cover the NFL in general, or work for ESPN. And let me tell you, waking up on Friday morning, got that little extra strut, you know? I'm feeling good. I got that swag to me as I'm going to, you know, pour the morning coffee. Granted, uh, got home super late Thursday night, and I was exhausted. And woke up with my daughter at 6.20 to get her ready for school. Went back to sleep, though. So I get up, and I'm feeling great. Got that little extra hour back. You know, a little hour, went back to sleep. I'm feeling good, though. And you know why I'm feeling so good? Because, and I'm not the only one who did it. There was other people out there. But I nailed the number 25, actually number 24. They traded up one spot. Overall pick. You know, peg the Giants guy. Number one most likely to be drafted by the Giants. I had Deontay Banks at the top of the list. And look, 
I even had an agent who's who's had a guy who was a, a top cornerback in that cornerback market. So, you know, they're talking to teams, so they have a general idea of how that is expected to fall. He DM'd me and actually said, you know he's not going to be there when the Giants pick. And my response was something along the lines of, hey, you never know. Like, I know they like him, so why not Just put him? When, see, this is the thing. Like, five when they pick five, seven, two, like, it's easy to come up with names. It's not easy to come up with names that are realistic options for your team when they pick a 25, right? The last time the Giants picked in the 20s, they picked Evan Ingram. I wasn't on that at all. There's a reason for that. You know, I spoke to someone in the Giants organization that had a third-round grade on him at the time, and uh, I knew that. So I didn't think they were going to draft a guy that somebody in the high in the organization thought had a third-round grade, but they did. That was probably a sign that guy would be there that much longer. Another story for another day. But to pick the guy at number 25, to have him as the number one option, yeah, you feel good that next one. And then, to be honest with you, this whole draft felt great. John Michael Schmitz, obviously on the list of guys for the Giants in the second round. You know, had him on the list. Had even a guy, I had a guy who, at the bottom, if you notice there, of, of day, two, day two options, it said day two slash day three, running back Eric Gray, Oklahoma. Well, guess what? He's their first pick in day three. So they obviously liked him. And then the only reason I didn't have Jalen Hyatt, and I said this before, and I even tweeted it out on the day two list, is because I thought he was going early in the second round and they wouldn't have a shot at him. Otherwise, he would have been on the list too. And forget six and seven. The fact that I even had a guy in round five that I knew that they liked is a miracle. And sometimes you get lucky. And sometimes you have no idea. No, I knew they liked Deontay Banks a lot. That's why I put him there, right? It's a big need. They wanted that position. It's a premium position, and it was a player they liked who had a chance to get to them at 24 or 25. A chance. So you throw it in there. And I believe, did I have Zay Flowers next or Jordan Addison? The thing was, part of that, and when you're that deep in the draft and you're thinking the most likely options, is who has the best chance to even get to them, right? Because you knew the top wide receivers. Like I didn't even include Jackson Smith and the Jigba on the list at all. Because I didn't think he had any chance really to get to the Giants. And he did it. Now, ultimately, none of the receivers got to the Giants. None of the top four. So that then left you with Banks and Porter. And I had heard some questionable things about Porter. Not like he's a bad player, but just I spoke to a bunch of people at a bunch of different teams. And something that came up multiple times is he's not a fit schematically for everybody. And I thought that was interesting. And it made me question whether he was the perfect fit for the Giants and Wink. And I think the answer to that, and we learned that, and I, and I had heard, was not necessarily a slam dunk. Yes, and you saw that. Because there was clearly the reason you trade up to 24 from 25 is because there's a big gap between Joey Porter Jr. and Deontay Banks. So I nailed this year, and that feels good. And so you got that little extra strut. You're walking. You're feeling good about yourself. And that's how I felt on Friday morning. With that being said, draft coverage is almost wrapped up. Hopefully, I'm going to try and bang out another podcast later this week, though. We'll see. I'm going to try to get a guest for that. Let's see Let's see uh, who we can get on that. Um, I'm not sure if I want to go draft or turn it back towards uh, the team right now and, and go player, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes throughout the week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I uh, hope I filled in a lot of the, uh, the dots and the, and the clues that were out there from the draft of why the Giants did what they did, threw in some nuggets here or there. If you have any questions for me, you know where to reach me. 
Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, email, TikTok. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. Listen to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time.